0: No single case in modern American history shows just how hard justice is to come by for black families impacted by police violence than the brutal public lynching of Eric Garner. Yesterday, the officer responsible for this murder was fired, which isn't justice. It's barely even in the ballpark of justice. But still, police unions are furious And white police officers all over the department are outraged. And donors have now given over $100,000 to support the officer who murdered Eric Garner. I think it's all a metaphor for exactly where we are as a country right now. Let's dig in. Let me break it down. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The the, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Over five years ago on July 17th of 2014 on a hot summer morning in Staten Island, New York NYPD officer Daniel Pantaleo brutally murdered Eric Garner who was a beloved son, husband, father, grandfather and murdered Eric in broad daylight while being filmed surrounded by eyewitnesses. Yesterday after five years It hurts me to even say that five years of deliberate delays, Officer Daniel Pantaleo was finally fired from the force. Now, that's not justice. Pantaleo literally should have been fired the day this happened, or at least the week this happened, or the month this happened. And that should have been step one for the family of Eric Garner. But here's what I know, and it really hasn't gotten talked about very much, Officers get fired from the NYPD every single month. Hundreds of officers get fired every year. And when they get fired, it's rarely for something that happened five years ago or even five months ago. Officers routinely get fired for falling asleep on the job. They routinely get fired for lying about overtime, for falsifying paperwork and a long list of other offenses. But the NYPD just could not bring themselves to fire officer Daniel Pantaleo. And yesterday, during two different press conferences, we really learned why. Let me break it down. Break it it down. First, NYPD police commissioner James O'Neill, he had a press conference yesterday. And we already understood what he was going to announce. We at least knew he was going to make an announcement about this case. Uh, Emerald Garner, the daughter of Eric Garner, called me early yesterday morning and let me know that her family had already been told that an announcement was coming down. And that he would be making the announcement first himself. And James O'Neill, he had his press conference where he eventually did announce his decision to fire Daniel Pantaleo. But before he made the announcement, he gave about 15 minutes of excuses for why the decision was still so amazingly hard for him. And on one hand, that's not a surprise because clearly if it took you five years to make this decision, clearly you're struggling. But it was disgusting to hear him say, Just how difficult of a decision it was for him. And I want to play you just a short clip from his announcement. And it's one of those both sides types of moments that people seem to feel really pressured to make in 2019. Like he really threw Eric Garner under the bus for most of his announcement. Most of the announcement was not about Officer Daniel Pantaleo. It was about how problematic and disturbed he was by the actions of Eric Garner. And I just want to play a clip of his announcement because what he tried to do was to make it seem like what Eric Garner did that morning and what Daniel Pantaleo did were somehow equal and they damn sure are. Let me play the clip. For several minutes on that widely viewed video, Mr. Garner makes it abundantly clear that he will not go willingly with the police officers. He refused to cooperate with the arrest and to comply with lawful orders. The video also makes clear that Officer Pantaleo's original efforts to take Mr. Garner into custody were appropriate. No one believes that Officer Pantaleo got out of bed on July 17, 2014, thinking he would make choices and take actions during an otherwise routine arrest that would lead to another person's death. But an officer's choices and actions, even made under extreme pressure, matter. It is unlikely that Mr. Garner thought he was in such poor health that a brief struggle with the police would cause his death. Over and over and over again, Commissioner O'Neill blamed the entire encounter on Eric Garner, on him allegedly selling a single cigarette to a man. He blamed it on him having asthma. On Eric Garner resisting arrest. But the truth is that the police were actually called to that corner not because somebody saw Eric Garner selling a cigarette, which doesn't bother anybody. But police were called because a fight had broken out there and Eric Garner was actually the peacemaker who broke that fight up. But Police Commissioner O'Neill, he left that out. He never mentioned it. He left out that Eric Garner had already filed multiple complaints against the NYPD for their repeated harassment of him all over New York, including one humiliating complaint where they strip searched him and made him take off his pants and his underwear in public just to degrade him. That's what we really witnessed on that video, was a man who had been harassed by police his entire life. And O'Neill he left all of that out. He left out how... Eric Garner was unarmed, nonviolent, had never said a single cuss word or raised his voice in the entire encounter. He left all of that out. Eric Garner didn't cause this. The NYPD caused this. And they caused it with their desire to confront and arrest a man who had literally just broken up a fight. He had literally just helped that community. But because the NYPD refused to see that, and refused to see Eric Garner as fully human that day, they literally treated him in that moment like he was the criminal they came there to confront. And I was furious not just to hear all of the excuses that the commissioner made, but he said something in particular that I just can't let go. He said one line that stuck out for me, and I just can't get past it. Commissioner O'Neill said that if he was just an everyday officer on the force for the NYPD, instead of the boss, instead of the commissioner, that he would be mad that Officer Daniel Pantaleo was being fired, that he would be angry about it. And that's very telling because Daniel Pantaleo clearly violated department policy. And, and eventually in his announcement, O'Neill made clear that Daniel Pantaleo violated multiple policies and had multiple opportunities to turn around, to let go of the chokehold, and even when he could have let go, refused to do so. So how are you mad that an officer who violated one of your own policies that cost a man his life, how are you mad that he got fired? You can be mad when, you know, let let me let me answer my own question. You can be mad when you think the rules don't actually apply to you. You can be mad when you think you are only an enforcer of the rules, but don't have to abide by them yourself. And there's a quote, and I wish that I knew who the originator of this quote was, because I think it's one of the most important, brilliant quotes of the past few years. And I think it's particularly appropriate in this situation. The quote says, when you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. When you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And NYPD officers, particularly white NYPD officers, are so accustomed to privilege that when a family gets an ever-so-tiny little sliver of justice five years after they should have gotten it, five years after their loved one was murdered, the NYPD still thinks that they are being oppressed because they didn't get away with violating a policy on camera seen by witnesses in broad daylight that got a man killed, that just a little tiny bit of justice makes them feel wronged, and that is proof of privilege. That's what privilege is, because when you are accustomed to privilege, just a little shadow of equality feels like oppression, and nobody showed that more yesterday than NYPD union boss Pat Lynch and I don't say this lightly, Who is was one of the most evil leaders in America who got on the mic yesterday and never even mentioned the losses of the Garner family, never mentioned that a man was murdered, never mentioned that that man's daughter died pursuing justice for her father. Pat Lynch got on the mic full of rage and anger and contempt that one of his officers wasn't able to violate the rules murder someone, and still keep his job. They're not happy that this man's not in prison, that he's not in jail, that he wasn't found guilty of multiple crimes, which he should have been. That's not good enough. They're mad that this man lost his job for basically the most gross violation of department policies that you could ever imagine. I want to play a short clip of Pat Lynch from yesterday. This is after O'Neill has made his announcement. And after the family of Eric Garner solemnly came to the mic through pain and devastation, to said how they felt about it. Let me play the clip for you. Absolutely essential that the world know that the New York City Police Department is rudderless and frozen. The leadership has abandoned ship and left our police officers on the street. And I thought that yesterday, to me, and I say this as someone who has been close to this case, who was personal friends with Erica Garner, the daughter of Eric Garner, who's friends now with Emerald and Eric Jr. and the entire family, including Eric's widow and his mother and others, I thought yesterday was a painful metaphor for where we are as a country right now. A black man is dead. His daughter is dead. And it was an open and shut case. And we barely, even though it was seen in broad daylight by witnesses and filmed by a brave man, Ramsey Order, who's in jail himself right now, even though all of that happened and we get this tiny little sliver of justice, a a small semblance of closure, five years too late, and it still set people off. People in power, particularly white people in power, conservative white folk in power, it set them off that this devastated family got just a tiny measure of something right. This is why we ever needed to say Black Lives Matter in the first place, because the system from top to bottom treats black lives like they don't matter. We shouldn't even need to say that phrase, black lives matter, because of course, black lives matter. But we need to say it because when this system shows just a little tiny bit of value to the lives of black folk, white folk in power just can't handle it. Break it down. Break, 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 break. break. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already, subscribed to our podcast. We'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers and we're not going to get there without you. Also, have you left a review yet? We love when we see the great reviews of all of our members. We have now over 10,000 five-star reviews, and we'd love for you to add yours to it. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love you all and appreciate you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have all of our podcasts, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, a shout out to our associate producer, Lassandra and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything what will help you succeed today and tomorrow. Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.